water falls into the sand and move the sand from the back. And you can see the seaside. And I swim out to where I can get to the castle from another angle that you can never see from when you're on the land. I hear silence. And it seems forever. One, two, three. We are invaded by fireflies. Just magical hearing the beat of the wings. I am seeing a vast and desert, and I am seeing some mountains in the distance. And around me is fresh, clean, white snow. It's like a white desert. The sun is going down, so all the colors are really soft and the horizon is bent, not flat. And it's just like this very, yeah, like a, a black desert. I'm quite alone in this place, there's no one around me. And, uh, and that's the nicest part of that place, actually. Way down through the valley. Way down into the distance and a clear sky. Um, the sky is like um, a cupola and it's full of stars um, and you can see like the texture of the landscape like it was um, a big quilt. We are invaded by fireflies.
upset about someone, you would call a bus driver. Even if it's a little job.
This is a music game to be played by two or more people who trust each other and are curious about each other's sound worlds and memories. Some context. The positives. Aspects of this game that are non-colonial or ideally anti-colonial. Memorial focuses on connection and engagement with others. It's not expensive, does not require any equipment, doesn't need to be virtuosic, probably shouldn't be virtuosic. It is friendly and non-competitive. It is a variable length, can be played by anyone, as long as they're listening, can be done long distance or in person. It is small-scale art, not trying to make big statements, nor tell others what to do. Memorial is a series of questions and conversations that hopefully lead to imagining imaginary sounds from your past. It may also lead to audible sounds, should you want to make the imagined or remembered sounds rather than simply audio. Memorial is not necessarily a performance, not musicians versus audience, all players are equals. There is no possibility or probability of failure, mistakes, or stage fright, no proper concert attire or behavior is required, nor a concert hall. I picture Memorial being played by Canadian settlers rather than Indigenous people for reasons I'll explain partly through. My intent is not to exclude anyone, but I think this music game would likely be experienced quite differently by Indigenous people than by settlers. What is the first music, or what are the first sounds, that you remember from when you were a child? Generally, most people I've talked to remember music that someone in their family sang to them. They remember lullabies, little songs, little poems, sometimes the family reading them stories. Many people remember environmental sounds, ocean, water, lakes, trees, birds, other sounds of the outdoors, and possibly music being played by family in a house or a cabin. I was playing Memorial, listening to remembered sounds with my boyfriend, John Cordrude. His earliest music memory is listening to music that his dad loved. His dad had a drum kit in the living room, and his dad was crazy about jazz concerts. Immediately before John was born, his mom and dad were at a jazz show. His mom, Marina, said, we have to go to the hospital now, it's time. And he took her to the hospital where John was born. One of the next people I played the music game with has a small child. First question, what is the first music or one of the first sounds that you remember from when you were a child? Chris Flower and I played the game for quite a while. He and I had been talking about colonialism a week or two before, so when I asked him what his earliest memory of sound or music was, I told him that my curiosity was specifically in relation to decolonial imagination. He told me that his first memory was Czech songs that his parents had sung or played, sent me video, and told me about ladybugs. Slunichko said Mechechna is a ladybug, but its name literally means seven-spotted sunlit. Our next question was, what are sounds or music that your child might remember from when they were really We were talking about his little daughter Una, who was 16 months old, fascinated by a number of sounds. I asked my friend what he supposed the first sound that Una might remember is. At first he said he had no idea, and then he said, The interesting thing about sounds, our apartment's in the second floor. 
right at the height of the tree canopy. Just outside our balcony is a silver maple tree that makes the most amazing shushing sound in the wind, because the leaves have very slender lobes, not the big lobes of other maples. But the reality is, that tree isn't native. It was planted here by Europeans who believed that they were a better scale than the native trees for the streets. They're not wrong in that the native trees are too huge to plant as street trees, but that experience of hearing the shushing of the tree is also a wholly colonial experience. It's also why you've probably been hearing about the number of street trees coming down. They get sick because ultimately they don't belong here. I think Coquitlam is the only place around here that has a policy to only plant local native street trees. Here's a bit more information about the memorial music game in more typical Western art music terms. Marketing. How is it marketed? To who? How do they find out about it? You hear about this music game from another person who asks you if you'd like to play. Possibly you'll hear or read about it on the internet or decide to try it. Maybe this game, the song, memory, would be something that someone would read about and think would be fun to try. But it's meant to be listened to by the people creating it at the time. Their friends and family might be interested, but I don't know if it would be interesting to strangers who are not part of the composition. Location and context. This is not necessarily a performance, but it is a musical event for and by the individuals performing or rather enacting it. You can play it in real life, walking or sitting together, or by internet, phone, or text message if you're long distance. You can send recordings back and forth, or you can sing or make the sounds to each other, or just say and describe them, it's up to you. You can look up sounds on the internet and listen to them if you want, and you can ask other people to make sounds if you want to involve others. You can go to where the sounds came from, if that is physically possible. If you want, you can make a performance to share. You can even record it, although it might be more fruitful if the sounds are approximated by description by mouth or by instrument, or if they reside in your mind. Musicians and learning or rehearsing the music. As I said before, any two people might play this music. It is easier if you think for a while and remember before you start, maybe for a few minutes or even for a few days or weeks. There needs to be trust between the players for it to work well, or else it could get performative and possibly invasive. There needs to be curiosity, and there needs to be at least a little bit of time, but it could go on forever with breaks. Duration is flexible. As I said before, there can be more than two people, but again, remember about trust. Potentially, it gets more performative if more people are involved. What sounds or music are gone from your home landscape that you remember experiencing? What sounds are gone that you have heard about but do not personally experience? Does music and sound communicate to you in ways beyond words? My friend Chris Clark pointed out that the natural maple trees in the area where the silver ones are now are gone. He also pointed out to me that the sound of the water by Kitts Beach is not actually the sound that we would have heard a hundred years ago because people have brought in sand, which covers up some of the natural sound that would have been there when it was more rocky. I've been playing the memorial game with myself and also with my father, although he's been dead for more than 20 years. Um, playing it with two people where one is living and the other is not, the living person has to take a strong lead and accept that the pace of the music is going to be quite slow. 
for myself, sounds that are now gone that I remember. The easiest ones are that certain bird song is gone. When I go back to Winnipeg, I used to live fairly far north and hear a number of birds that I can no longer hear there because the city is more built up. Sounds that are gone as far as myself and my father are the Ukrainian language, which was the first language he learned as a child, Ukrainian music and music of the accordion. All of these were gone by our own choice as we chose to anglicize and become Canadian as quickly as possible. For myself, sounds that are gone from my home landscape that I did not personally experience. I grew up in Winnipeg, Treaty 1 area, and the most notable one would be Pike. Um, I remember going to what was at the time called the Museum of Man and Nature, and I heard about bison, saw an entire taxidermy bison family that I never saw nor heard one in real life. As a child, I didn't realize the direct relationship between my living there in Winnipeg and the destruction of these animals. It didn't occur to me that colonizers, therefore including myself, could kill all of them. So, playing this game with my father, who died in Washington, songs I remember were the Inky Winky Spider song, my dad very rich, very rich saying, but I remember him singing this song. Him coming in the door, whistling, calling hello, which was The accordion, which, although I never heard my parents play, let just both of them learn how. They did allow me to take the accordion out of its case, hold on to a pile of buttons, and undo the snap that held the bellows shut, and it would open incredible things. We never played accordion, my brother and I, because when I was eight, my grandmother bought us an upright piano in my learning class. The music, to some extent, was a disconnect and influence in my family. My parents let me audition for a university, not expecting I'd get into classical music, because I was quite ill-prepared, but once I was there, we had a bit of a problem. It was sort of a language that the rest of the family didn't speak, and there was a lot of fear there. Nonetheless, music remained a means of communication, between my father and I even after all this. When he was dying, he did not, did not want to talk about it, to the point that some of the family wondered if he just didn't know. He told me that he was indirectly to the music. He was playing some music, we were listening to it together, and I asked what it was. He said it was a stolen child by the water boys. He said he'd heard it at the funeral of someone he knew who died several years before of cancer. We looked at each other, and then he was telling me, and he was me. I can't tell you if any of that is decolonial, other than that it was non-colonialism. It wasn't about performance, it was simply about communication, and in particular to only me and my father. Something I've been avoiding talking about here is what might this music game and these questions mean to an indigenous person living here in Canada? What if you or members of your family had been forced into a residential school? What if upon being taken to the school you could no longer hear the voices of your family? What if you would no longer hear the first language you'd be growing up with? What if you couldn't hear any of the sounds the environment you'd be growing up with? Remembering those sounds, remembering all of everything attached would be extremely complicated. So I think this music game has been best played by settlers, or rather, by those whose childhood wasn't marked by extreme family trauma by displacement or by genocide. Listening in context, remembering sounds from my past, and considering the sound world that was here before us, how colonization has shaped all of these is a new way of thinking for me. It is significantly changing how I hear music, how I hear the environment. It's 
so I hope others will play this music game and will ask those questions themselves. The settler colonial position of willful forgetfulness, but of not teaching our own kids what we actually did to the people who were here before us, what our true legacy is, is an uncomfortable one. We need to sit with that discomfort rather than pretending to forget what we've done. We can't make something go away by forgetting it. Moving forward, some ways of decolonial listening in our society that will prevent the forgetfulness that we all seem to have would include Canadian children learning indigenous languages, learning about indigenous art, worldviews, and ways of living, starting right from elementary school, so that they can better hear the place that they're living. And how might you, my imaginary adult settler listener, choose to engage with sound differently? Share your sound worlds and sound memories with others who are close to you, rather than being a passive spectator at a large concert. Have small events yourselves. Learn about each other in your own past. Learn the sounds that were once part of where you grew up, and those that are part of where you live now. Learn your own history, yes, as a colonizer, and also simply as a cohabitant in this place that we now call Canada.
words English. Then a doppelbecker, the pepper ensemble, Arthur Kitchen, Sophie Hyrule, Mountain Maxwell, Ampire, D.V. Hunt, Andre Setback, K.M. Arnie, Geneva Skade, Justo Peel, Phantom Hedrick, Synologist, Catherine Crystal Hanks, Mia Zabelka, Hendrik Meyerkord, Argus Tech, Alba Noro, Ryuji Sakamoto, Liliana Kuchkova, Sarah Tavachi, Rakino de Amboa, Melbourne Data Group, Barry Humphreys, Baldwin, Bridget Bardot, Ricky Pini, Phew, Force Van Hoof, Mazenko, Cheryl E. Leonard, Ernie Althoff, Mike Cooper, Jean Baronet, Francois Dufresne, Enchanted Lands, Natasha Barrett, Banana, Rie Nakajima, Lamonte Young, Maria Komarova, Helena Hauf, Kate Carr, Jocelyn Morlock, Kensho Nakamura, John Cage, Houston Chamber Choir, Natalia Bayless, Vanessa Amaro, Eve Agoyan, Maurizio Pauli, Claire Rousset, Silent Universe, Arca, Fly Pan Am, Smegma, Merzbo, Frank DeGroote, Jonathan James Carr, Brett Parenteau, Takashi Kakubo, Andrea Esperti. Stay tuned for more 24 hours of radio art here on CITR 101.9 FM, Vancouver.